Blog Talk Radio. And right now, it's big fight time. Live in Las Vegas, Trevor Burbick and Mike Tyson are about to battle it out for the WBC Heavyweight Championship. fans and welcome to another episode of World Championship Boxing and today we are going to talk about the Ring Awards for 2014 Ring Magazine and I am joined once again by the expert One Silva. What's up man? You mean the Ring Awards for 2013? We're in 2014. Oh, I'm a future boy dude so you know I'm, I, uh, my years always get screwed up. Yes, That's of course. I saw, I saw an early contender for Fight of the Year last night. I will I will IM you the link later. It's a was a great fight between Daniel Rosas and Rodrigo Guerrero, two bantamweight contenders, Guerrero being a former uh, junior bantamweight champion, and Rosas being one of the top-ranked up-and-coming young stars. Great, great fight. I will send you the link after this, ma- after this show is over. Oh, great. Look, looking forward to it. Yes, go ahead. So go ahead. Talk about uh, what we're going to talk about today. Well, we're going to go over our awards versus the ring Awards for 2013. And real quickly, I want to start with what we both agreed with, us and Ring Magazine, the, the event of the year being the Mayweather-Canelo-Alvarez fight from September. Um, it broke the record, not for the most pay-per-view buyers, that's still Delahoya Mayweather, it broke the record for most money made by a pay-per-view, gen- revenue generated. It, 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 it sold out in less than two hours, this a ridiculous event. Canelo Alvarez, real popular in Mexico and among Mexican Americans. Even though we knew he had no shot against Mayweather, people came out in droves to see this fight both live and in pay- on pay per view. Indeed, and there was a, uh, I mean, it was like uh, a lot of hype around it. Even though everyone, I mean, it's amazing because he wasn't really a worthy opponent for Mayweather. But you know what? To be honest with you, he was the best available at that time. I mean, um, Mayweather only deals with Golden Boy fighters because you know there's a war right now between HBO and Showtime, Golden Boy and Aram. So Mayweather versus Bradley, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, that's not going to happen. Those are the two best opponents available for Mayweather, but that not, fight's not going to happen because Aram and Golden Boy, Oscar De La Hoya, do not speak to each other and they hate each other with a passion. So that's not happening. So the best fighter on the Golden Boy camp for Mayweather to fight was Canelo Alvarez. Well, I mean, I, I can see that, but I mean, it, well, regardless of that, I mean, just on a raw level, the, even though he was the most, the best opponent, he, it wasn't, I mean, you didn't think he had any chance, right? I mean, <laughs> the style's only shot he would have had is if Mayweather decided to slug with him. Mayweather's not stupid. He's not going to slug with Canelo. And Canelo's dumbass, instead of pushing the fight to Mayweather, tried to box Mayweather. I don't know what the fuck he was smoking. 
So you think it would have been a closer fight, obviously, if he had... It would have been a more competitive fight. He wasn't going to beat Mayweather. But you got to beat the guy with your best with, with, with your best style, with your, with, with, with your best shot. Not try and fucking box the guy. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, you know, that, that happens in fights where a boxer will try to play, try to do, outdo the strength of the other boxer, and they always lose when they do it. It's called being psyched out. It's called being intimidated. That's what it's called. So it was because of the psychological warfare that he had been working on him probably through the whole. It was the big stage. I mean, you know, a lot of guys freeze in that big stage. He, I don't think Canelo could handle it. Mayweather's been to the dance a million times. This was Canelo's first dance, and he showed two left feet throughout his entire dance. He choked, and he did so, I think, and that's probably one of the skills that Mayweather brings to bear a lot is just that ability to fuck your opponent's head up, you know, and just uh, and then box his ears off in the process. But, I mean, at the same time, he he's very skilled, but I think there's a lot to be said for that. Like, if he was just skilled, he probably would lose more fights. You know? well, I mean, some of the greatest fighters in the history of boxing have defeated their opponent before the bell sounded or during the fight. Perfect example, Mike Tyson in his prime, until Buster Douglas exposed him, he would have guys knocked out before the fight begun because they were scared shit of what this guy might do to him. All right? That's right. That's what happened to Michael Spinks. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali guys would be intimidated, not by, not, not by his power because he wasn't the most powerful guy, but he had such a great chin. In his prime, he was a great defensive fighter. In the 70s, he would talk so much shit and get into your head that when the fight began, whatever style you had, you thought you would throw it away because you wanted to get at this big mouth motherfucker, and it didn't work. Same thing with Mayweather. Yeah, and that, at that time it was even more extreme because like I didn't think anyone was doing that back then. You know, I mean it was the originator. just he was the originator as far as boxing goes. Him taking, you know, he he, he took professional wrestling and, and threw it into boxing with the promos. You never saw a boxer shoot promos, and Mayweather's the best promo guy in boxing since Ali in his prime. Hell yeah. Now, what do you make of uh, Sugar Ray Leonard saying that he would have knocked out Mayweather? Oh, I've said that a million times on this show, Logan. He would have put Mayweather to sleep. And he says that. He, he's been, he, was on a, he just got interviewed, and uh, apparently... Uh, Mayweather might go six, seven, eight rounds, but he May, Leonard knocks him out. Hmm. I'll have to punch that into the fight uh, system uh, calculator. The great fight, the great welterweights of all time, Tommy Hearns, Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard, would have put Floyd Mayweather to sleep. Mayweather doesn't have the power, nor, I mean, these guys, Tommy Hearns six foot two, Sugar Ray Robinson six foot one, Sugar Ray Leonard is five foot ten, Floyd Mayweather five foot eight. While he's a special fighter, and it takes a special fighter to be welterweight champion and now junior middleweight champion. At five foot eight, those guys are on a, a level above Mayweather. I'm a huge Mayweather fan, as big as anybody goes, but there's a huge myth. Mayweather is not among the all-time top and greats. No, he's outside the top 20. The greatest fighters of all time in the welterweight and junior middleweight division would have put Floyd Mayweather to sleep. What about Madonna? Um, no, Floyd Mayweather beats Madonna. He might even knock Madonna out. All right, I'd love to see that fight. I feel like that's the fight that everyone wants to see. That fight is close to happening. Right now, people are screaming about why are you going to fight Amir China Chin Khan, and Floyd listens to his fans. So now Floyd is seriously considering Madonna. I hope that fight happens. 
Because even though he's better than Madonna, Madonna is a, is a hungry fighter, and Madonna will bring it out. Madonna's not going to try to box Mayweather. He's going to try and crowd Mayweather. It's going to be a very pleasing fight because they're two contrasting styles. Mayweather will be forced to fight. Madonna has fought... Um, uh, who... Has he fought um, anybody recently? Hey, who was the last person he fought? He beat the shit out of Broner fight week. That's ago. right. Yeah, he just fought Broner, right. But now he was fighting at a lower weight, though, wasn't he? Or no, actually, Broner had moved up. Moved up. Yeah, so that was... Uh... He moved up. Madonna's been a welterweight for the last couple of years. Broner was the one who moved up this year. Yeah, well, Khan, has he fought Khan? Madonna was robbed in the fight against Khan, where he dropped Khan late in the fight. And on That's college, right. Khan won a right. split decision. So, yeah, I would love to see them fight again maybe as a, as a playoff. Among the Golden Boy fighters, that would be the most pleasing fight for Floyd to fight because Madonna would force Floyd to throw combinations like he did against Diego Corrales, like he did against Arturo Gatti. And you would see Floyd shine, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be easy because Madonna would, would force the fight. Floyd wins, and he might even knock Madonna out because he'll hit Madonna all night long. Madonna has no defense whatsoever. When, they, when are they uh, thinking about doing this? Well, the fight would be for the first week of May. Wow, that should be cool, man. I hey, mean, uh, hey, we got a huge boxing schedule this year. A lot of great fights are going to happen within the next uh, few months. In April, you have Pacquiao versus Bradley, the rematch. In May, it's going to be Mayweather versus either Madonna or Khan. In June, you have in Madison Square Garden on pay-per-view, the day before the Puerto Rican Day Parade, Sergio Martinez defending the ring and lineal middleweight championship of the world against Miguel Cotto. So you, in the next few months, you see a lot of uh, highly anticipated. Sergio Martinez is going up against Cotto? Yes, wow. Sir. Yes, sir. That's a super fight. That is, I mean, that is super. Um, there's no other fighter that's going to make as much money for, for Martinez as, as Cotto. That fight is... Martinez guaranteed to get ten fifteen million dollars off that fight. Hell yeah, man! And uh, but I mean, I just feel like if he's doing that, he might as well fight Mayweather. Going to do huge numbers on pay per view. I, you know what? I think that's going to be. I think after that fight, the winner gets Mayweather. Gotta be man, because uh, you can just see like after Maidana, you know, Mayweather's Mayweather can... going for the middleweight championship of the world, and and that'll be. I mean, for his for his legacy, that would be great. Now, yeah, that would be a good fight, especially since you got an older Martinez. Uh, he might uh, succumb. Yeah, Ma- Martinez Cotto right now is a pick em fight. Two years ago, Martinez... Oh, he'll kill, I'll kill Cotto, dude. Two years ago, I... Martinez has lost some speed, and he's been hurt a lot the last two years with knee injuries. He's not the same. I mean, he should still beat Cotto, I agree with you. But it's I not think the... he'll do what fucking... Uh... What the dude with the loaded gloves did to him. I mean, I, I think it'll be pretty bad. But <laughs> well, we'll talk about that fight when it uh, when, when, when it comes up. Let's go on to the next award, and that is let me let me let me get my, my let's go uh, ours against theirs. Is there anything out there that you think is wrong? Well, yeah, there's a few that that, that they did not agree with, so we'll, I'll, I'll go into that. The next award is the Comeback Fight of the Year, which I believe was wrong on their part. Their Comeback Fight of the Year was Manny Pacquiao. I cannot – I disagree with this award. I can't see them giving him this award. Pacquiao won fight last year against Brandon Rios, 
who was made to order, who was picture perfect for Manny Pacquiao, a non-defensive, straightforward guy that Pacquiao ate up for 12 rounds. Pacquiao hit him all night long. Pacquiao should have knocked Rios out. He didn't. He just gave him a beat for 12 rounds. Our, yeah, come, he... our comeback fight of the year was Johnny Gonzalez, who was left foot for dead after losing his WBC featherweight championship in 2012, comes back and knocks out one of the biggest prospects in boxing, Abner Maris, in the first round to reclaim his uh, well featherweight championship. I guess they figured that Pacquiao was a bigger name, but, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You're right. It's just... It doesn't make any sense. Gonzalez's career was, was deemed over. No one said Pacquiao was done. They just didn't think he was the same fighter. And this guy was made to order. I mean, it wasn't like Pacquiao came in and beat Bradley in a rematch or Provodikov. No, he beat Brandon Rios, a fucking face-first fighter with no defense. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was just like, you know, trying to promo him. I mean, there's a lot of politics involved with this bullshit. But, yeah, I think, you're, I think your pick was definitely a smarter pick there. Now we go to the upset of the year, and I can't argue with this, even though I disagree with the, with the, with the choice. Our choice was the, the aforementioned Johnny Gonzalez's first-round knockout over Abner Maris. Ring Magazine selected Marcos Madonna's win over Adrian Broner. I can't argue with that. It's, to me, that's on the same level. Our pick, Johnny Gonzalez over Abner Maris, was the first runner-up. So I can't, I can't argue with um. Even though I disagree with it, I can't argue because Broner was a huge favorite going into the fight. Even though this show alone predicted, I think this was the only podcast on radio that predicted Madonna was going to win, and Madonna won. Yep, and uh, it was a uh, that was no doubt. Uh, I think they're equally uh, uh, shocking. So yeah, that's because those were the two hottest prospects, Maris and Broner, in the sport. Both promotions. Uh, Aram with, 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 I mean, Golden Boy has both guys, Maris and Brona, and they, the machine was putting those two guys as the next two big stars of their promotion, and both got their asses kicked. Mm. Oh, well. So, uh, so that was the uh, upset. Now we go to the round of the year. Our round of the year was the aforementioned Madonna Brona 12th round, which was Brona way behind did all he could to try to knock Madonna out. And while he had Madonna hurt, Madonna came back and hit him with a great left hook with about a minute left to secure the victory as that staggered Broner and Broner's, Broner's late rally was stifled. Yeah, Broner, I mean, he just his, his head was not in that game. Man. I just remember prior to the fight, he was just clowning like some dork ball. I mean, the, reason just, I, the reason I picked Madonna to beat um, Broner was just what you mentioned. Brona was not hungry. When you got a hungry lion and you coming in there laughing and giggling, first of all, he doesn't understand the word you're saying. You're mocking him. He doesn't understand English. What the fuck? He's looking at you like, like I can't wait to get in the ring to bust this fucking clown's ass. It was Apollo Creed and, and then fucking uh, the Russian. It was the whole scene like where Apollo's like... Hungry. Brona's fucking flushing $20 bills down the toilet. This fight yeah. was made for him to lose. And Broner's never going to be the same. Broner's too small for the welterweight division. Already Floyd has told him to move down to junior welterweight. And don't be surprised, Logan, if later down the line you see a Danny Garcia-Adrian Broner fight. And I hope they make it um, for the uh, undercard in September, October, November. And Garcia will knock out Broner too. Broner's not as good as Golden Boy thought he was. Anyway, round of the year. was uh, well, That was our selection. Ring Magazine went with the sixth round, Timothy Bradley versus Ruslan Pervonikov, 
Can't argue with that. With yeah, story. can't argue with that. Great fucking round. That round was right out of the uh, of the Rocky movies. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a uh, very exciting. I mean, that was like a Gaddy Ward shit, even better, you know. And uh, but, but with more skillful fighters, because Ward and yeah. Ward and Gaddy are not are not as good as Bradley and Pervonikov. And right. Pervonikov, I love this guy. He's one of my favorite fighters now because here he, this guy came from Siberia, dirt poor, and came here, brought his mother for the first time when he beat Alvarado. Cried in the ring after he knocked Alvarado out. I'm rooting for this guy, and I hope he gets a big money fight. I don't think he'll fight Pacquiao because they're good friends. They're both trained by Freddie Roach. If Bradley beats Pacquiao in the, in the rematch, look for a Bradley Provonikov pay-per-view fight later this fall, which would be a, a, another great fight because their first fight was one of the best fights of the new millennium. Just a great, great, great fight. Love Provonikov. He's got the heart of a lion. Yeah, we gotta we gotta dub him the Russian Rocky. Well, that's his nickname, Logan. He's already got that nickname. Oh, he does. Okay, then yeah. we don't have to dub him that. But yeah. uh, I believe Max Kellerman gave him that nickname. He is the Russian Rocky. Yeah, he fits the prototype exactly. He's like it takes a lot of punishment, keeps coming, oh, hits the body. He hits the body too a lot. So he reminds me of Rocky Marciano. He's like a a a, a Russian version of Rocky Marciano. He kills your body. I mean, yeah. one of the best body punchers in boxing. He just yes. your body the fuck apart, which is what he did to Alvarado. His left hook to the liver is ridiculous. Love Provonikov. Exciting fighter. And you want to root for those guys that had nothing and are hungry, like Madonna, like Provonikov, where boxing is their only way of making ends meet. And this guy, he's able to bring his mother from Siberia and buy her house and stuff. I, I love stories like that. And here, well, just before you go, and here in boxing, you have, like, this situation. It's like the WCW and WWF, you know, because it's like these two promotions that just only fight each other. Yeah, but boxing wasn't like that before. It's only happened, That's only occurred the last two years because HBO and Showtime and Golden Boy and Aram, top rank, don't want to go to bed with each other. That just happened the last two years. They used to be where Golden Boy fighters fought Delahoya, uh, uh, Golden Boy fighters fought Aram fighters. They used to be co-promotions. It stopped happening. Now, so what, what killed it was the Mayweather-Pacquiao uh, thing that fell through, right? No, no, that's not what killed it. What killed it was the Mayweather contract that Showtime gave Mayweather. I see. That's what happened. Because when that happened, HBO told Golden Boy, we're not dealing with you anymore. Just because HBO's their boy? Well, HBO was upset that, that Golden Boy and Mayweather went with Showtime. But, I mean, what does that have to do with Aram? They wanted, because... wanted, they wanted Mayweather to sign a deal for less money. No. Uh, Come on. You're 36, 37 years old. you got to get every penny you can. You don't know when the, your next fight's going to be your last fight. Yeah, and then plus he felt like they were, like, unfair to him, didn't he? Mayweather? Like, he thought the HBO didn't like him. Well, he always had this thing with Larry Merchant, where Larry Merchant would always criticize him. And But you know what? At the end of the day, if HBO would have came up with the money... Mayweather will be fighting for HBO. Mayweather just went, where are you supposed to go, Logan? To the highest bidder. More money, more, that's where it goes. Fuck the, who cares who you like. But, all right, so, so let's get on with this. Go on. Out of the year, both we and Ring Magazine agree. Adonis Stevenson's one-punch knockout of Chad Dawson to win the light heavyweight championship of the world, a spectacular left cross down, down a lazy right, over a lazy right jab. Boom. Dawson goes down. His head bounces off the canvas. To Dawson's credit, he got up. 
but he didn't know what the fuck he was, and the referee saved his life by stopping it right then and there. Yeah, I mean, is Adonis Stevenson the real deal? I mean, what can, what are your... Well, no, if and when he fights Sergey Kovalev, Kovalev. But at this point in time, Stevenson's a huge star now. HBO is putting a lot of money behind him. And um, that knockout of Chad Dawson was impressive because he beat the light heavyweight champion of the world. Yep. And uh, now, speaking of just light heavyweights, uh, there was the uh, Butte fight. Which, oh, we it. never really talked about that. So. give Pascal credit. Pascal fought the best fight of his career. Pascal. He did. And, and what's his name helped him? Uh, Roy, Roy Jones. Jones. He helped train him for this fight. Pascal called Roy and asked Roy. Roy Jones, Pascal grew up idolizing Roy Jones Jr. He became a boxer because Roy Jones was his idol, and he wanted to be like Roy Jones. Most important fight of Pascal's life, he's coming off two losses. I mean, one draw and one loss to Bernard Hopkins. His career's on the line in this fight against Butte. The fight's in Montreal. Both fighters are Canadian. He calls Jones, and Jones helps him. And Jones did a great job. Jones has a career as a trainer. He should leave the boxing alone and stick to training and commentating. Yeah, well, one thing he said that really stuck out was when he talked about how Pascal sometimes gets bored in the ring, and he gave him, like, certain things to try so yeah. he doesn't get bored. <laughs> also, Jones told him, stop giving 100% in each round. You notice Pascal throughout his career, and it happened in both Popkins fights, he starts out fast, but then as the fight progresses, he begins to slow down. Roy Jones worked on, on him being, um, you know, on him. Pace, with, facing himself. To save himself, not to go all out. Instead of going 100%, go 80%. And at the end, and other than the 12th round, he was phenomenal. 12th round, he was totally exhausted. Butte caught him and had him hurt as the bell rang. Testament to Pascal's heart, because Pascal's never been knocked out. Butte needed a knockout. Pascal, brilliant victory, huge win. I, I don't think he's going to fight Stevenson, even though that would do record numbers because they're both from Haiti. They both live in Montreal. The reason that fight might not happen, Logan, they're both very close friends. Hmm. Do you think, though, that there's, uh, I mean, is there, do you think that Butte is actually a good fighter and that he did a good job, or, or is it Butte's shot? Butte's a good fighter. I mean, Carl Frosch beat the shit out of him. Pascal beat him, so Butte, Butte might have not recuperated from that Frosch beating because Frosch gave him a horrific beating. But up until that point, Butte was destroying everybody in the super middleweight division. Yeah, um, I know. Time will tell. If he's not the same fighter right now, he's coming off two crippling losses. He did, but I mean, he gave a in this fight. He did uh, have a valiant. You know, he looked okay. He didn't look like terrible. Well, I give him credit. He he's finished strong. Yeah. Well, he took a beating, but in the twelfth round, he was the fresher of the two fighters. He was actually. He wasn't doing much though. You're right for the most of the fight. That's the only, that's the problem. He was like not too busy. Well, it's hard to stay busy against Pascal. Pascal throws so many punches. But uh, Boutte normally throws a lot of punches, but I think he was confused by Pascal's style. He just couldn't adapt to it. I've noticed in his two losses to both Frotch and Pascal, Frotch and Pascal throw a lot of punches. Guys that are active with fast hands give Boutte problems. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, you know, it's a, um, it's, it, it remains to be seen whether he's still viable and as a contender, but uh, definitely still in the top, you know, top ten. Now I'm we sure. go on to the big, big, big awards, the, the two biggest awards 
the fight of the year. Easily, Bradley Provonikov. We went over this fight when it happened. Yeah. Great fight. Provonikov rocked Bradley in the first round, rocked him in the second round. I thought Bradley was done in the second round. Bradley showed the heart of a lion, recuperated, dominated the middle rounds, and then Provonikov behind, staggered him in the 11th, and had him out on his feet in the 12th when the bell rang. Great fight. One of the best fights of the new millennium. Well, I was while we're on this subject, I mean, it was a steep kind of, or let's just say it was a, there was a lot of choices with regard to fight of the year, wasn't there? I mean, there were a lot of good ones. Well, the Madonna Broner was a great fight. I got to give that, that that fight was a great fight. But as far as beginning to beginning to end, stop action with great great style, a stylistic fighter like Fifty Bradley and a warrior like Pavonikov, nothing could hold the candle to the Bradley Pavonikov fight. That fight is, is being talked about and will be talked about for many, many years to come. One of, one of the greatest welterweight fights of all time. The, the welterweight division has dominated the fight of the year the last few years. Um, a, couple sure. years a couple of years ago, it was um, the fight between um, Victor Ortiz and Andre Berto that was fight of the year. So there have been a lot of great welterweight fights the last few years. And this, before that, it was uh, Marquez, right? Uh, Marquez uh, Pacquiao was last yeah. year. There you go. The last three fighters, the last three fights of the years have been in the welterweight division. Yep. Well, there you go. So, so uh, then you have uh, you have one more category, right? The main category, the fighter of the year. Oh, by the way, we agreed with the Ring Magazine. Our fight of the year was Bradley Provonikov, as well as Ring Magazine. Now, our pick for fighter of the year was Danny Garcia. I thought Garcia came finally, what I said, came to volition, him being the next big star, big Latin star. Golden Boy has a golden ticket in, in Danny Garcia. By the way, next month he will fight for the first time, first time in his native Puerto Rico. He wasn't born in Puerto Rico, but his parents were. He's going to Puerto Rico next month to, uh, to, to fight for the first time in Puerto Rico. We'll cover that fight on a fight recap the, the day after it happens. That fight will be shown on Showtime. When? That was pick. Ring Magazine's pick was Adonis Stevenson. Even though I disagree with the selection, I can't argue with it. Of all the big fighters on this list, the only guy that compares with the victory over Dawson was Garcia's victory over Lucas Matisse. That's the reason I gave Garcia the fighter of the year, because Matisse was destroying everybody. Everybody was talking about how this guy is the, the next Pacquiao. Even the Golden Boy CEO, Richard Schaefer, said on live television, he's the new, he's the new Pacquiao. Well, Garcia beat Matisse, closed his eye, dropped him in the 11th round, and won a convincing 12-round decision. I never was that impressed with Matisse, but, uh, I mean, now, what's next for him? Well, Garcia's fighting Puerto Rico next month. Oh, yeah, so who's he fighting? Um, who's the guy he's fighting? He's, got, he's fighting Mauricio Herrera of Argentina next month in Puerto Rico. Herrera has the win over Pravonikov. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. That's uh, going to knock out Herrera. I don't doubt that. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we, you think you might see him against Martinez, or is that just not going to happen? I think eventually, Garcia will fight Broner this year. Um, you know, it's funny. Many of the fights that I want to see happen happen, and I'm thinking that that would be perfect for you know for the Barclays Center or or, or uh, the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. Garcia versus Broner. On Showtime. 
Oh, Garcia. Really, Danny Garcia? But oh, I see. And you think Danny Garcia is gonna uh, fucking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's a better fighter than Broner. Broner, Bro, Broner took such a beating as Madonna. That's the type of fight that could change the course of a guy's career. Cool, man. Now I, I didn't realize uh, Mathisi, because like Mathisi's like, what weight does he usually fight at? Like uh... well, he's been a junior welterweight his entire career. Oh, okay. So he's been at that. Uh, for some reason, I thought he was a bigger guy. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, the. And then that's it, right? We've uh, we've covered them all. Yeah. They're, they're, um, Ring Magazine's Fighter of the Year is Adonis Stevenson. Even though I don't agree with it, I can't argue. Ad- Adonis Stevenson knocked out Chad Dawson. He knocked out Tavares Cloud. He had he, he um he revenged his only loss, his career loss against Darnell Broom. Adonis Stevenson became a remarkable star. I mean, he's a huge star in Montreal. I mean, he sells out every time he fights in Montreal. Huge star in Montreal. I can't argue with the selection, even though I thought Garcia had the better year. Adonis Stevenson, Ring Magazine Fighter of the Year. Hmm. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, uh, he's definitely like a newer name. Um, and he's, that was a pretty big win. Although, I mean, was it? Logan. I mean, 35. He's one of the oldest fighter of the years in the history of Ring Magazine. Right. But, I mean, as a name in terms of in the boxing world, like, he must have come in a little bit late then, right? Well, he spent uh, seven, eight years in prison. He was uh, an enforcer for a pimp, and he beat up some prostitutes, and he went to jail for assault. Wow. Beat up a woman? He beat up several women. Fucking A, man. All right, well, I mean, I guess he's getting ready for what he's going to do after he fights, you know. Like this. Emmanuel Stewart's last world champion. Emmanuel Stewart took him under his wing, helped him. I mean, he looked at Stewart as a father figure because Stewart helped turn his life around because he was an ex-convict that nobody wanted to take a chance on. Well, now he's uh, the new Mr. T, man, new Clever Lang. So <laughs> I wish he would start wearing all that, like, jewelry that Clever Lang used to wear, you know. You know, he, 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 yeah, he, he's a bit of chip, Mr. Well. He's probably taller than that motherfucking short-ass Mr. T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now you have, uh, when, when do you think the next, I guess next the next uh, show that we do will probably be... Um, we'll do the Garcia, we'll do the Garcia uh, Herrera fight. Puerto, 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 Puerto Rico. That'll be our next boxing recap. Um, you that's remember- on Showtime, right? Yeah, that fight will be on Showtime. That's next month. I believe March 7th if I'm, or March 8th, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's March 8th, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll throw in some um, greatest performances between now and then. Next week, I want to revisit the greatest matches of all time. I'll send you a link with that where we could do one, one day during the weekend in sure. between the At Close Range movie review. Yeah, uh, and uh, for those of you who like movies, I'm sure people who watch boxing like movies too, uh, there is a... Uh, we do some movie reviews, uh, so you can ch- you check out the links at uh, Logan underscore movies on Twitter. And uh, this uh, coming week, we will be talking about, um, what was it called again? At Close Range, starting. Yes. And you know what's funny? I ask, I keep asking the, the title because I just actually saw the movie. And uh, wow, what a fucking <laughs> intense movie. Oh. And intense, you know, Christopher Walken and Sean Penn are two of the most intense actors in the history of, of Hollywood. So if you got those two guys starring in the movie, it's not going to be no Cheech and Chong shit. <laughs> oh my God, it was just definitely go check it out before you hear our review because we'll be like going through it. This is the most evil character Christopher Walken has ever played 
in his career. You've seen many Christopher Walken movies. This guy was more evil than Christopher Walken in True Romance, and Christopher Walken in True Romance was a fucking evil Don. He was, but he had some, a certain sense of honor. This one had none. Oh, it was just like... Christopher Walken's character in that close range, and I'm not going to spoil anything as far as once you guys to watch the movie before you listen to our show when we when we broadcast it next week. He had no morals. He had no scruples. And it's based on a true story. Yeah, the, uh, based on Bruce Johnston, who um, led a gang of home raiders back in the 1970s in Pennsylvania. Oh, so is this movie like set in the 70s? Yes. You catch. Oh, uh, that's what I. Yeah, that's what I thought. Can't you tell by his mustache and bell bottoms? <laughs> Hell yeah, he looked like John fucking Holmes. But I was just. <laughs> didn't he? He looked exactly like. <laughs> Oh, but, but, yeah, because I kept looking at it. And I was like, this looks like a 70s movie. But then it's like, obviously, it was uh, 10 crimes, years. The crimes That's, occurred in the 70s. You don't see that often, like movies just going back 10 years. But uh, that's uh, that's pretty good. Well, anyway, so, uh, yeah, we're going to be reviewing that and uh, a lot of other movies, too. So uh, check that out. But we'll, we'll definitely be back talking boxing, whatever big fights are on, and uh, doing a few more of those um Performance. Uh, great performances. We got a lot of those to do, so uh, a lot of stuff to talk about still. But uh, we're, you know, we're we're going to try to be here at least every other week. So uh, talking about something. Every other week we'll do a boxing show. Every other week we'll do a wrestling show, and every week we will do a movie review show. Sounds good, man. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to uh, say any more about boxing. Logan, this was one of the best uh, boxing recap shows we've done in a while. Everything was covered in a nice amount of period of time. We went, went over all the awards. Boxing has continued to flourish the last couple of years, making a comeback of its own. Like uh, Mauro uh, Ronaldo said uh, on the last Showtime card, it was the biggest year for Showtime, and Showtime had record ratings, did great pay-per-view for Mayweather. So boxing's on the uprise. If boxing outdrew both UFC and WWE last year in pay-per-view for the first time in many years. So there you go. Yeah, I got a question here. Uh, someone actually messaged me on Twitter here, but like uh, the, you know, because they said you you often talk about how the boxing is getting a resurgence. Where what was the low point of boxing? You know, and you know that we've returned from, and then there's this resurgence from. Like, when would you say boxing was at its low point? That now it's like riding high. What happened was. 2006-2007, there was, when I believe it was 2008-2009, or was it, no, it was 2010, because you, you, did, you did the blow-by-blow, blow. you did it on, on, was one of the first shows you did on World Championship Boxing, Bernard Hopkins versus Roy Jones, they did 50,000 buys. That's right. It was, that was the low point of boxing. Starting with 2011, HBO and Show, Showtime eliminated their pay-per-view fights, and HBO would only do... Big, big, big fights because there was too many pay-per-view. There's a lesson that UFC and wrestling should should should, uh, should adhere to. They cut out all the bullshit pay-per-view fights because all of a sudden every fight was on pay-per-view. People look, people are not going to buy fights just any fight on pay-per-view. I don't care how big of a boxing fan. I was downloading shit. I was I was only buying the Mayweather Pacquiao fights. Everything else I was downloading. HBO and Showtime realized this, so they went to only having big fights. Showtime only went back to pay-per-view last year, while HBO has only done three or four pay-per-views a year. 
which is smart economically because you use your World Championship Boxing or your Showtime Championship Boxing show to feature those fighters that eventually you want to put on pay-per-view. You just don't throw them on pay-per-view. So 2010 was the very low point in boxing when Troy Jones, Bernard Hopkins, two of the 10 greatest fighters in the last 25 years, threw 50000 for a pay-per-view buy. Wow. Well, that that's uh, that's that's good. I mean, uh, you know, boxing is is getting a little bit of a comeback, but I mean, it's sort of concentrated like in one person, Mayweather. I mean, like, uh, but I mean, there's another pay per view draw out there. I guess Pacquiao's pretty oh, much Pacquiao's going to fight Bradley. That's going to do great numbers. Um, next month, Canelo Alvarez is on pay per view against Alfredo Angulo. Now, Angulo is a Mexican warrior. Canelo should beat him. He's a better fighter. That's going to do huge number, numbers among Latins. Not among Americans, but Mexicans, they put their money down for their fighters. That fight's going to do at least half a million on, on, on pay-per-view buys because Canelo is a huge star in Mexico and among Mexican-Americans. Yeah, and Angulo is like the junkyard dog of wrestling, you know. Like, with the dog collar in the home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, a good, it's good to have a persona like that because it makes you a viable... I mean, and he... His nickname's the dog, El Perro. His nickname's the dog. Yeah, and he's very, he's very uh, like noticeable, and like he's a good, you know, he's just a good gimmick. It's like Hercules Hernandez or somebody, you know. It's just like you know, so. In, in June, you're going to have Miguel Cotto versus Sergio Martinez in Madison Square Garden, the Sergio's middleweight championship of the world. That's going to do huge numbers because Cotto's Puerto Rican. Puerto Ricans support their fighter. That's a pay per view. That's going to be a pay per view. That's going to do huge numbers. That's going to. We're talking. There's going to be at least four fights that are going to do 500,000 or more buys. Mayweather against whoever he decides to fight will do a million buys, even though I hope it's not Khan. hope it's not Khan. I hope it's Madonna. Pacquiao. All, all these pay-per-views are like, what, 100? No, no, no. The Mayweather, the Mayweather pay-per-view against Canelo, I believe, was 79.99. But I bet you it's going to be 100 next time. It'll be 100 if, if Mayweather and Pacquiao will fight each other, but it won't be 100 for... Cotto, uh, Martinez, or Mayweather versus Conor Madonna because people know that uh, the promoters, Golden Boy and Sergio's promoters, I think Aaron will, will, will promote that fight. They know their audience. They're not going to price something out of the range. Most boxing fans today are Latin and middle to lower income. They're not going to price them out and price their own fans out of seeing a fight. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I know WrestleMania is probably going to be 100. But I guess they're trying to do the network, so... they make up for the, for the shit being free on their network. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big gamble there. But, yeah, so uh, we're, we're uh, looking at some big changes in the boxing world and big changes in uh, wrestling, and uh, so there's it, some good stuff going on. So we'll talk soon, man, and uh, we'll continue with this show, and then uh, we'll be talking movies, I guess, next time I talk to you. Yeah, next week at close range and um, some classic matches that I will be IMing you within the next hour. So a wrestling show next week. So, Logan, enjoy your week coming up. Enjoy your holiday tomorrow. Happy President's Day to all the listeners out there. We'll speak to you guys soon. Peace, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is World Championship Boxing. Check out superfriendsuniverse.com, the epitome of manliness. And we'll be back in a couple weeks talking greatest performances. Peace. Good night.